Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Revolution Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today is Tuesday, November 2nd, 2010. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, revolutionbroadcasting.com. Today, we will be simulcasting live for the first hour of the show on Liberty Radio Live and First Amendment Radio. I'm uh, simulcasting in the normal slot that uh, Bob Tuscan does his Truth Be Told show on these networks, and uh, Bob is on assignment for this evening, so I'm filling in for him in those uh, specific positions, uh, simulcasting on Liberty Radio Live and First Amendment Radio. So, We have a jam-packed show again for you tonight, and this show is probably going to go all over the place. I have so many things to talk about, so much going on. Um, I want to jump right in with the event announcements, and I have a whole lot of them because it seems that November is going to be a huge uh, month for activism, particularly in the Philadelphia area. And again, I, I do these event announcements to start the show because I think... The critical thing to emphasize here is once you start to become aware of some of the topics that we talk about on this show, the main thing to keep in mind is that action is required. To know is not enough. We have to actually convert our knowledge into wisdom, which is actually taking proper moral action in the world with the knowledge that we currently have. Therefore, I always am going to talk about activist events in this, on this show. I'm going to bring up things that are going on, and particularly in my area, okay, because I do this show from Philadelphia, so I want people in this area to become aware of what's going on in this area in relation to what we talk about here on this show. This is the cradle of liberty, okay, this city. This is where it all happened. 230 
uh, years, some odd years ago. And this is where it is happening once again. So there's a whole lot of events I'm going to get into here. Um, the first is a sign-waving rally for Ron Paul. Now, again, uh, today also happens to be Election Day. And uh, one of the first things that I would like to say is that if anybody went out and voted today, congratulations, you're under mind control. Enjoy. Voting is not the answer. It will not be touted as one of the answers on this show. It is, as they say, trying to choose between two evils. And that never works. That just gets you more evil. The saying in the United States goes, it doesn't matter who you vote for, the government still gets in. And uh, that is exactly how I feel about it. I give, do not give my consent to be ruled or represented. I present me. No one else presents or represents me. Therefore, um, I think the whole thing is a charade. It is a puppet uh, selection. You're... you're you're picking between uh, the, the puppets, the hand puppets that are going to be worn on the hands of the global elite uh, while they basically rein everybody else in. So voting, you can keep it as far as I'm concerned. Um, however, some people think that that's going to bring them true freedom. That's going to be a solution to the problems in consciousness that we're experiencing. Uh, good luck with that. So the first event, the revolution continues, November 5th, sign-waving rally for Ron Paul. This is going to be in Philadelphia at, on the South Street Bridge over I-95. This is at Front and South Street in Philadelphia, PA, from 3 to 7 p.m. So if you're into Ron Paul's message, which, uh, you know, I certainly am into most of his message. I think he's a, uh, an honorable person. I think he's a, a good man. Um, I would like to see him go deeper in, in some of the things that he brings up. I would like to see him talk about 9-11 in an honest way. Um, however, in general, I think he's a good person, and I think he is doing a lot to educate uh, people uh, about the general philosophy of liberty. Therefore, I think people uh, you know, could get out and meet some like-minded people at an event like this. So that's November 5th, this Friday the sign-waving rally for Ron Paul, Front and South Street in Philadelphia, 3 to 7 p.m. Now, the next big event, before I get into this, I'd like to welcome our listeners who are listening in on um, Liberty Radio Live and First Amendment Radio. I'm Mark Passio, and this is What on Earth is Happening. Uh, I am filling in for Bob Tuscan, who usually does Truth Be Told in these in this time slots on these two networks. Uh, I'm simulcasting my show tonight. For those of you who have just joined us, um, Bob is out on assignment, and I'm filling in for him in this time slot. Okay, so the next event announcement that I want to bring up is huge. I mean, this is one of the biggest and most important things going on in this area this month. The conference fundraiser for Free Your Mind 2011 this is a conference that I am hosting in April, and we're doing a big fundraiser this Friday night, November 5th, okay? 8 o'clock p.m., November 5th at Liberty's Pub. Liberty's is at 705 North 2nd Street. 
That's at 2nd and Fairmount, essentially, in Philadelphia. There will be a $10 donation requested at the door. The um, event will feature the live music of Mr. Chip Raymond, who is an incredible singer-songwriter in the folk music style, and a 50-50 raffle. All of the proceeds for the Free Your Mind conference fundraiser on November 5th will be going to offsetting costs for bringing in out-of-town speakers for the conference in April. Tickets will be going on sale at this fundraiser for the first time, so people will have the first chance of purchasing tickets for the actual conference. So they'll be available there. For more information on the conference, visit freeyourmindconference.com. The next event I have, event announcement I have, is for an event that I will be speaking at. This is the UFO ET Congress in Bordentown, New Jersey. This is hosted by Pat Marcatilio every year. This year it is happening on November 13th and 14th at the Ramada Inn in Bordentown. The Ramada Inn is at 1083 U.S. Highway 206 North in Bordentown, New Jersey. Here's the speakers and the uh, event lineup. Saturday, there's a 9 a.m. registration. This is November 13th. The doors are at 9.30. There will be a 10 a.m. welcome speech by the Master of Ceremonies, Pat Marcatilio. The speakers, Dennis Denokla, UFOs, Crop Circles, and Visitors. Dr. Julian E. Salt, The Global Crisis and the New World Order's Present Situation. Dan Smith, We'll be talking about the best possible world and its best possible ending. Jacqueline DeLeeds will be giving a lecture called E.T. Forces of Light. Will Allen and a special guest will be talking about UFOs over D.C. and UFOs filmed by astronauts. This talk is called The Proof is in the Pictures. So that's for Saturday, November 13th. The second day of the conference, November 14th, Sunday, a 9.30 a.m. registration, a welcome speech by Master of Ceremonies Pat Marcatilio at 10. I will be speaking at 10 a.m. My lecture is entitled, Don't Count on Disclosure. Mr. Bill Weber will be giving a talk called 1930s German Flying Saucers. Butch Witowski will be talking about underground bases. Tim Heckman will be discussing Area 51, and Joel Dean, UFO abductions. The directions, take the New Jersey Turnpike to exit 7, then take Route 206 north about one quarter of a mile, and the Ramada Inn is on the right-hand side. Free parking is available. Advanced registration for this conference is $135 for both days. At the door cost is $75 per day. For more information on the UFO ET Congress 2010, visit www.drufo.org, drufo.org. The next announcement. Every third Monday of the month, this month, November 15th, at the Philadelphia Ethical Society at 1906 South Rittenhouse Square, the activist group Truth, Freedom, Prosperity will be hosting their free documentary screening and discussion night. 
every third Monday of the month at the Ethical Society. Start time is at 7 p.m. A documentary will be screened, followed by a discussion. For more information on this, visit truthfreedomprosperity.org. Also hosted by Truth Freedom Prosperity, the End the Fed Philly Rally in Philadelphia, November 20th at 11 a.m. at the Federal Reserve Building, 6th and Arch Streets. And uh, there will be some speeches followed by a march at the Fed Building. For more information on this, go to endthefed.us or truthfreedomprosperity.org. I will be giving a special one-time lecture coming up at the end of this month, November 28th, at a group called Survive and Thrive. It's a, a, a survivalist group in the Philadelphia area. This is hosted by my friend Fernando Salguero, and I'd like to thank him for helping uh, put together the fundraiser at Liberties. He is hosting a... Um, uh, a, a basically a seminar about sovereignty and natural law as part of this survival group that meets monthly at uh, also at Liberties. So this uh, month, the meeting is called Sovereignty, Understanding Its Role and Your Ability to Use It. This is November 28th, that's Sunday, November 28th at 6 o'clock p.m. at Liberties Pub, which is at 705 North 2nd Street in Philadelphia. Uh, my talk will be on natural law and sovereignty. I will be giving a special one-time presentation on natural law and sovereignty at Survive and Thrive. For more info on this, go to meetup.com, and in the search, type in Survive and Thrive Philadelphia. Survive and Thrive Philadelphia to get more info on this group. And finally, the last event announcement I have, Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. This will be taking place in 2011, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th. I am hosting this conference along with some other dedicated people from the Philadelphia region. Free Your Mind is a unique two-day conference scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices, which as I've said many times is pretty much everyone on this planet. If you don't understand yet this far in Archie that the main problem that we are facing in this world is mind control and the manipulation of perception, you have not figured much out yet, folks. That's what it's all about. That's what the entire thing is about. If you think it's all political, you haven't figured it out. If you think it's all about monetary and, and financial situations, you haven't figured it out. If you think it's about just greed or just corporatism, you have a long way to go down the rabbit hole, folks, because it's about way bigger issues than that. 
It's about consciousness. It's about mind control. And it is most certainly about the occult. And this is something that very few people have little or any knowledge of. And we're going to try to educate some people at this conference. So there's about 200 tickets available for each day. It's not a gigantic place, not a gigantic room, but it will comfortably hold about 200 people. Tickets go on sale on November 5th. The location is at Ruba Hall, R-U-B-A Hall, 414 Green Street in the Northern Liberty section of Philadelphia. Admission price, very reasonable, only $20 per ticket per day. The confirmed speakers, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bastiago, Mr. Bob Tuscan, owner of Revolution Broadcasting, Farah Yurdozu, John Irvin, Jay Parker, John Nicholson, Larkin Rose, Laura Magdalene Eisenhower. Just added this week, new confirmed speaker, not even up on the website yet. I'll be doing that this week, uh, adding his profile to the website, Mr. Mark Matika. I will be speaking at this event, Mark Passio, Mr. Mel Fabregas of Veritas Radio, Michael Kelly, and Suzanne Taylor. So we have 15 confirmed speakers. We will still be adding a few more speakers in the weeks to come. This is Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. For more information, visit www.freeyourmindconference.com. Those are the event announcements. Let's jump right into our topic for tonight. Before we do that, I'm going to give the call-in number for the show. The call-in number, 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number, 724-444-7444. When you call in to the talk show call-in number, you have to put in the call ID number for this show. The call ID number is 83515. That's 83515. I see we already have a caller waiting on the line. Here we go. Kevin from Philadelphia, you're on What on Earth is Happening? What do you have for us? Kevin, are you there? All right, you're unmuted, so if you're there, go ahead. Okay, going once, going twice. Gone, I'll try you again. Not hearing anything. Looks like having a, a problem, uh, a tech problem there. Hopefully that'll get cleared up. But if anybody wants to call in, feel free to call in at any time. There are no taboo topics on this show Feel free to call in and talk about whatever you like. The topic for tonight, however, is going to be our continuing discussion on food and medicine as methodologies of mind control. This is the ninth out of 14 methodologies that I will be covering during the course of this radio show on mass manipulation techniques and strategies. 
They are multifaceted. They attack different areas of the psyche, of the personality, of the body-mind complex. And one of the biggest and most targeted and most focused attack is the targeting of the body-mind connection through food and through substance, meaning drugs. So that's what we'll be talking about on the show today. We've been having this discussion over the last several weeks, and uh, I will try to wrap it up tonight. We may go another week on this topic, but uh, if we get to the basic things that I want to talk about tonight, uh, we'll move on into the 10th methodology of mind control next week. So what we've already discussed regarding this topic is fairly extensive. We've talked about chemical pesticides and fertilizers in food. We've talked about preservatives added to food to give them a longer shelf life. We've talked about the endless processing of food uh, for pre-packaging and so that they could sit on shelves basically forever. We've talked about adding additives in food, adding taste enhancers, adding chemical dyes and other things to make things food look different, look more attractive. We've talked about the excessive amounts of refined white sugar, high fructose corn syrup, refined white flours. We've talked about the artificial sweeteners, excitotoxins, and that yes, that is what they are. Uh, excitotoxins, artificial sweeteners, things that basically open up the blood-brain barrier to all kinds of other free radicals in, in the blood and the brain. We've talked about the dangers of trans fats, how these basically groove the lining of arteries around the heart. We've talked about fluoride in the drinking water and how this is used to make people docile and to basically shut down the deeper sense of awareness uh, that is part of the, uh, the higher levels of consciousness and psyche that are open to us if we strive for them and how fluoride basically cuts us off from that or helps to cut us off from that. It it certainly goes a long way toward that goal. We've talked about chlorine in the drinking water and how this will damage the heart. We talked about MSG and other taste uh, enhancers. We've talked about the fast food diet that basically has very little nutrition but super high calories and starch and sugar. We talked about genetic modification of food, the, the horrific, inhumane practices of factory farming. We talked about antibiotics in milk and meats. We talked about growth hormones injected into meat. We've talked about the dangers of homogenized and pasteurized dairy. The deceptive labeling on food. You know, some of the companies like Monsanto that want to patent life and basically, you know, uh, make it almost impossible for organic farming. We talked about a host of issues. I mean, we can go on and on. Codex Alimentarius, HR 875, and other oppressive uh, draconian legislation when it comes to food and organic gardening. Um, what I want to shift things in, and you can go up and listen in the podcast section. I podcast all of these shows. They're podcasted on TalkShoe, and they're podcasted on my website, whatonearthishappening.com. You just go to the podcast tab. All the previous shows are podcasted. All the topics are listed. And then there are associated images, associated documents, associated videos, etc. 
on on the uh, podcast page. So you can do your own research on this, and uh, it is an extensive amount of material that is actually posted there. What we're going to shift gears toward today is to talk about drugs. Drugs is going to be the main topic, and we're going to talk about the pharmaceutical industry in general. I want to read a quote that is going to set the mood, I guess you could say, for this show. And this is a quote by Thomas Jefferson. Jefferson once said, was quoted as saying, if the people let government decide what foods they eat and what medicines they take, their bodies will soon be in as sorry a state as are the souls of those who live under tyranny. I'll read that once again. Thomas Jefferson once said, if the people let government decide what foods they eat and what medicines they take, their bodies will soon be in as sorry a state as are the souls of those who live under tyranny. Jefferson understood this body-mind connection. He understood that it was all about a concerted attack upon the body-mind connection in order to destabilize the body and therefore destabilize the psyche. Once that is done, people would be willing to basically believe anything. They don't have the critical thinking capability that is fostered by a healthy body and is fostered by the proper nutrition that is critical for helping people to think at all, let alone properly, let alone critically. So that's what this is all about. The pharmaceutical industry wants people to believe that only drugs have the capability of generating health, that it is not anything about the nutrition level that you, the, uh, the, the, the quality of nutrition that you take into your body through your foods, which is basically almost entirely what health generation is about. They want you to accept the notion that you need medications to be healthy, and this is completely untrue. You do not need pharmaceutical-grade drugs to be healthy. There are many people who will insist that this is true. Enjoy banging your head against that concrete block because that's what you're doing by refusing to accept that what generates health is what you do and do not put into your body through the foods you eat, what you drink, and what you take in as far as information goes as well. Because it is not just about what you take in physically through the body, it is what you take in information-wise into yourself, into your psychological makeup that also generates health. It is also about your conditions, the lifestyle you are living, whether you generate health or destroy it. And we are largely in control of this still. You can largely choose what you put into your body still. Okay? That may be slipping away as we speak with draconian legislation such as H.R. 75 and uh, international legislation like Codex Alimentarius that is rapidly, uh, uh, politicians are rapidly attempting to adopt here in the United States. We talked about that a little bit last week, and I posted some videos that are appropriate uh, to these topics. What I want to ultimately get at tonight is what the pharmaceutical industry, what their aims really are, 
I want to get at what the HMO, the Health Maintenance Organization, so-called, what their aims really are. I want to talk about the products that these psychopaths, because let's face it, that's what they are, people who only care about themselves, don't care about what they're doing to anyone else. If you think they care about you, you're extremely naive. I want to talk about what their goals are, what their aims are, and the main products that they peddle and how to be discerning about this and understand that they are not there to help us. They are there to profit from us. They don't want people well because that means the end of the gravy train for them. They want people to continue to be sick. And people think, oh, people don't think like that. Oh, they're not in it for those reasons. They can't possibly be that big. It's a very naive position to take if anybody still out there still thinks like this. And I know there are tons of people out there who still think like this. You know who's out there that still thinks like this? People that work for these companies because they can't possibly be doing anything bad or evil to other people. They can't be participating in anything like that. If they, if they, if they were doing something like that, they would know about it, wouldn't they? They would know that that's what it's all really about, wouldn't they? Really. See... More people are under mind control than anyone understands. It's not about who is even under mind control. It's about who is not under mind control. There are so few people that are not under some form of collectivized trance awareness that it, you can count them on one hand. Correct. People who are part of a system that is hierarchical and compartmentalized never want to admit that they may be part of something that is detrimental to other human beings. Because that would mean they are unwittingly taking part in something that is immoral, unethical, and dangerous. I love the truth. Liberty. I disconnected from Liberty Live because they have a few moments of... Uh, advertisement there. I'll reconnect to them in a, in a few minutes after their ads have run so we can continue uh, talking about this through the ad break. Um, all right. I see we have another caller here. Eastern North Carolina. Caller from Eastern North Carolina. You are on live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us this evening? Oh, uh, This is my first time hearing you. Uh, uh, great show. I'm listening to you from Liberty uh, Live. and. Um, I mean, yeah, I totally agree with you with, uh, I mean, the food and um, uh, the medica I mean, the, the medication, I mean, the food to the point where uh, people are um, losing the taste of what natural food is. We're, we're being conditioned to um, um, uh, eat the synthetic food and no, nothing else. As far as the medications, what's interesting, the, the next generation of anti-psychotropics are um, glutamate. Um, suppressants, and coincidentally, all our food is full of glutamate. Yes. So, um, yeah, uh, and uh, and, and the, uh, their um, their their main agenda is, of, is of course, is um, um, getting everyone with a diagnosis, which the the current yes. DSM or you know the, the current um, psychology psychology um, you can get, oh, anyone can get diagnosed, and so uh, diagnosed right. yeah, medication, and and as far as any type of therapeutic um, counseling. In education, the system is moving so fast; it's not allowing for this type of work, and therefore we, we're, we're just um, the only thing that can be funded and the resources available are the medications. And I, I got to tell you, um, I work in the industry, 
Um, people are getting um, um, injections of the newest type of um, psychotropics. These things cost four or $500 a pop, and uh, Medicaid's funding it. Um, on another topic, um, uh, which I've just come to, and I, and I want your um, uh, opinion on it. Um, sure. I've been uh, recently into Liberty Radio Live and the Jesuit conspiracy, and um, what's your take on that? There is an incredible crossover of interconnected secret society networks. Looking at them in isolation, people often get into the, uh, the notion of thinking that it's all one thing. It's all the Jesuits. It's all the Freemasons. It's all the Zionists. It's all this group or that group. It is a crossover. Psychopaths come together and work together. That's how they get protection. Okay? That's how they insulate themselves from the general population, which has a conscience. I'm going to reconnect briefly to uh, uh, Liberty Live. Okay, we're back on Liberty Live. This is Mark Passio from What on Earth is Happening, simulcasting on Liberty Radio Live and First Amendment Radio. I'm filling in for Bob Tuscan, who usually does his Truth Be Told um, radio show in this time slot. We're on the uh, air live with a caller here from uh, North Carolina. Uh, the topic for tonight is food and medicine. If you want to call in, the call-in number is 724-444-7444. 724-444-7444 is the call-in number. The call ID number, when you call into that number, you have to put the call ID number for this show in. It's 83515. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. So, caller, we were talking about um, uh, basically uh, people losing their sense of taste for natural foods and how they're just conditioning people to eat all this artificial synthetic stuff. You also had then, we had shifted gears a little bit, and you had talk, talked about that you are you know, basically new to some of these radio networks, and you're hearing different topics being discussed, and you heard the topic of the Jesuit conspiracy. Uh, this is the Society of Jesus. This is uh, connected with high levels, at high levels, connected with the Vatican. It is connected with other secret society offshoots and intelligence agencies at very high levels. My response to you was, it is not one group that is orchestrating and manipulating people throughout the world. It is an interconnected group of secret society networks. They overlap. They have cross connections with each other. To research this is a labyrinth, okay? It is labyrinthine to yeah. actually try to research all of the different interconnections. I myself have experience in the dark occult. I spent years of my life in dark occult organizations. Well, this it's, is something uh, it's, I have not... It's, it's yeah. good that you Sorry. go into that topic, because I guess the bottom line is, 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 is this evil being run by Lucifer, or is it being run by people? And, and the, 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 the counter to that is, do we as people um, uh, um, tr you know, try to ch uh, change the political system, economical system, or is, is it true um, what, what, when the Bible says, and that God is coming, and is this actually the, um, um, the, the whatever the, the real conspiracy to redirect people on that? Uh, if you want to call it Jesus, is coming, and God right. is coming. Yeah. Well, 
I personally don't hold out hope for a savior. I believe that if we're going to change our situation and the conditions in which we live, we will need to use our intelligence, our care, and our will in order to do that. Those three forces united are really what enlightenment is all about, bringing those forces into unison with each other and becoming a person that as you think, so you feel, so you act. That's what this show is all about, that personal responsibility. That is going to be the solution to the problems that plague this planet if we are to enact them and, and reach that solution. It isn't going to be waiting for some external savior to come and rescue us from what we have done to ourselves. I that agree, being said, but I, I agreed. I, I am totally in agreement, but there is, I, have gone, I, I feel like I've gone beyond this level where you're right. It, you have to go through all the occult information. You have to go through the dark side. And then it, there comes a, to a point where you, you realize it's not about external. There's in, an internal connection, your personalized um, connection to God, to source, and his sure. fundamental structure. Obviously, I'm not a Bible preacher by far, but I, I'm just trying to make the, this point that um, possibly our personal connection to this higher source and its Fundament, or it's, it's architecture with the prophets and Jesus and um, telling of Lucifer running the planet and coming back. This is also sure. true. I agree. Yeah. It, is always, it is all about making a personal connection with the divine source. Yeah. Of course, that's what it's about. That is the higher self, the true self, what, what is talked about as the universal unified field. Of yeah. consciousness. Yeah, and, and what's in, what's interesting is all the, um, uh, the all the new age or let's let's just call I mean just for uh, concept's sake the Jesuit um, conspiracy, um, the new right. age, um, the different religions, um, in in some way it, it's 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 redirecting you from this personal connection with source and the actual um, architecture of this matrix. The, the, the key to getting you out. I agree. Uh, yeah. And that's what the food and, the food and medication is all about. Yeah. They yeah. want to destabilize the body-mind connection because that destabilizes the mind-spirit connection. Well, they're changing... If you keep people in the level of body consciousness only, constantly I, I, would, sick, I, I mean, constantly I'm totally with physical. you. The thing that... To add um, to, add to that um, is just the... They are in such a hurry to change the genetic code. <laughs> sure. Why are they in such a hurry to change the genetic code of this planet? It, it seems that there's something more. And of course, I understand you. You 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 read. You know, you, you're very studying the, in the dark occult. It's if they're in such a hurry to change the genetic code, there is something much. Um, there is something um, divine going on. They are trying to absolutely break the connection. It seems like they're worried about um, one person maybe activating. Um, I think, I, so again, I, um, it's just, I think... Um, DNA is a living language that we all yeah. carry within us. Yeah. And if they can destabilize that, they can get people rooted and trapped in the body level of consciousness. And if you can get them trapped in identification with the body level of consciousness, you have them exactly where you want them because that's what they're going to be identified with, and therefore they're going to be existing in fear. That's what they ultimately want. They want to destabilize the body-mind connection to put it into a vibratory state of fear. Yep. And that's the force that is holding all of this together. 
That's the force that is basically oppressing uh, the, the minds and spirits of all the beings of this planet. Fear. That's what has to be conquered. And courage is the force that we need to use to conquer the force of fear. Agreed. And that's what enlightenment is all really about. The ultimate end goal of enlightenment isn't isn't even knowledge. That's a that's a a um that's right. you know a a means to the end. But yeah. the actual end result is courage. I'm going to reemphasize that over and over again as the weeks go by on this show, because that's what we are ultimately trying to build is the courage to break this spell over this planet. And sadly, not that many people are at that level of courage to speak out and to, to teach this and to really uh, understand it well enough that they can speak it to others and help other people to get to that level of courage and awakening. But that's, it, it, that's what it's all ultimately about. Now, I, I'd like to say something about what you said about Lucifer. Yeah. I think it should be stressed that this word simply means light bringer. It yeah. comes from Latin, lux yeah. and fere. Lux means light in Latin, and fere, lux lucis, is light. And fere, ferro fere, means to bring, like to ferry something. Yeah. Okay? Uh, and all, that's all it means. Now, there are two aspects of the Lucifer uh, symbol. This is a symbol. I like to not even look at it as a an entity so much as a symbol. The, yeah. the entity that we're really up against is fear. That's the force that is really at the highest end of this agenda. And the the beings that are doing the work, the dark the dark work, are actually doing this in the service of fear because they're what's so the fear afraid. though. But what like fear of what? Fear of exactly what? Is it fear of not surviving? They're, of, they they, they are in fear of, of death, of non-existence. They, they, right, they are right. identified with the body. They, they are identified with the physical. It right. is ego-based consciousness, consciousness that is purely rooted in the physical and the material. And because that institutes so much fear, the response in the fight-or-flight mechanism, which exactly. these people always yeah. live in, is to control. Control, control, control is the answer. Have more control so that I am, I'm, one, never wanting for anything, two, never don't know the outcome. I can't possibly... You're doing an excellent job of describing the level of the body and what happens when you, when you finally, when you, you break beyond that fear of that instinctual fear, you're talking about death and the body and the instincts, um, we get onto another level of fear and this is, and, and, and I'm trying to stress this because um, I've been pursuing this for a long time, and I've, I've come to this realization. Um, it, it, there is an actual architecture of, um, of divine um, structure. And I really believe that the Bible is telling the truth, and it has been so, and it's been so suppressed that when you get beyond this, um, when you get uh, the, beyond the knowledge you understand, you, you realize you are this. Uh, um, personal divine person and what they say that um god knows as many hairs on your head and there is a lucifer there is a being you know there the, the tip of the spear of whatever you want to call negative energy there's a tip of the spear of this positive energy and there is this structure and and this whole adam and eve and um temptation and um the, the second coming i i mean i think it's all true Okay, I mean, you know, yeah. like I said, uh, there there are different takes on this. I yeah. personally, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't like other dimensional consciousnesses and possibly 
you know, spiritual entities that have some type of vested interest in what is going on here. I yeah. think maybe there are there are angelic consciousnesses that are trying to help us out. There are sure. demonic consciousnesses that want to draw us down into a lower state of consciousness. It's the whole idea that basically all of existence is moving in an evolutionary progression towards something bigger, towards something greater, towards something more unified. And yeah. it's all organized. the whole idea That's, of it's all, there it's are amazing. consciousnesses that yeah. are like straggler consciousnesses, possibly from other cycles or dimensions of existence that want to keep people rooted down. They want to keep people in base consciousness, perhaps because they may feed on that type of energy. This has also been postulated in the research community, that these other types of entities feed on certain kinds of energies that are only generated by fear. It's like the movie Monsters, Inc. touched on this uh, allegorically. You know, there was a movie about children that, you know, monsters go into their bedroom and, uh, you know, make them scream in fear. And then they collect the energy that comes out of that, that fear. and For bring sure. It back I mean, to their look, look at our whole energy. vampire culture. I mean, right. we, we are just in love with vampires and horror. And um, it's like we, we, we've, um, they've, been, they've been creating this entertainment where it's, all it is is pornography and... Um, Snuff films and it's like uh, violence, a lot of violence, yeah. desensitization. They want to desensitize yeah. people. This objectifies people. It puts people in a predicated state. Okay, it, it, it disconnects people from understanding that they're one and they basically have the same, uh, you know, uh, desires, the same um, needs, etc., and that they're all in the same situation together. That's what they need to do. Violent video games do that. You know, and this goes hand in hand with, again, the main topic tonight is food and medicine and how this destabilizes the mind-body connection, particularly drugs. And what they want to do is get these younger kids on as many drugs as possible. Like you were talking about earlier, they have these different diagnoses now that anything can be di- diagnosed as some kind of a, a disorder and then prescription drugs, uh, you know, uh, prescribed for it. This is ridiculous. This, the psychiatric community is criminal in doing this, particularly to children. A, a great documentary to check out about that, how they want to get kids hooked on drugs earlier and earlier, you know, uh, yeah. diagnose all kinds of different disorders like uh, uh, attention deficit, yeah. oppositional defiant disorder, et cetera, et cetera, is um, uh, it's called um, Generation RX. I don't know if uh, many people have seen it, but it's an excellent documentary on the drugging of the youth and how this has become, you know, a lucrative business, essentially. Um, the pharmaceutical industry doesn't care one bit about these children. They care about the profits, and that's what they're answering to. They're not answering to the health and well-being of the uh, constituents, of, of the um Oh, no, not at all. Serve. No. They're serving the bottom line because it's a company, and their, their main uh, goal is to increase profit. For the and they and they cultivate what what helps motivate them and, and progress them through this time is that they cultivate um, their empathy because they think this is they're saving us they're saving our culture because there's no other answers but what's really happening is our culture is moving so fast that we can't get into homeopathy homeopathy takes time um, it, it, it takes a, a lot of energy work. But we are in such a quick, fast mode, and diseases are so powerful that we are—we've become addicted and reliant on um, the, the pharmaceuticals. And I mean, I, I mean, we're right around the corner where if we don't get a vaccine, um, I'm sure we'll be eliminated. 
I mean, I yeah. think it's yeah. I think it's only been uh, God's grace that's kept us around for this long. But yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think there's definitely uh, forces of good that are like like you said hinted at are helping us to get through this uh, gauntlet, if you will, of all of these different things being thrown at us. Because, yeah, look at the, the swine flu largely being rejected. Many people rejected that and would not take it. Yeah. Uh, that's another thing. Another attack on the body is vaccines and, uh, and um, flu shots, which uh, I want to touch on tonight as well. Caller, you raised a lot of great points. I want to thank you for calling in. Awesome show. I'm gonna let you I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to touch on something that you brought brought up, which was time. So thanks for calling in. Call in in the future. Uh, hope you'll be listening. Thank Check you. out my website, whatonearthishappening.com. Got it. Bye. You have a good night. So uh, one, one thing that that caller brought up was time, that uh, healing, coming into homeostasis takes time, and this is absolutely true. Um, people are living a lifestyle that is rooted in stress, okay? It is rooted in never having time, okay, which is something we're going to talk about next week probably if we, get, if we go through all the, the, the pharmaceuticals and everything I wanted to talk about regarding drugs and substances in general to, uh, today. Uh, next week we're going to bring up a new topic called the illusion of time. This is a mind control methodology number 10. And uh, this is a... This is an um, abstract one, but it's something that I think a lot of people will be interested in because it goes into uh, the psyche's perception of time and how it actually operates um, and how people are perceiving that time is speeding up because we're trying to do so much more than we did in the past that it seems as if there is not time to actually accomplish the same things that we were able to accomplish in less time in the past. And this perception isn't inaccurate. It, it, it is actually that way. However, this is what they're counting on being able to um, basically manipulate, is the sense of time. And if they get us constantly in this hamster-in-a-rat-wheel mentality when it comes to time, again, it focuses us more on the body. People are only worried about the tasks that they have to perform. They're not thinking conceptually. They're in stress mode, fight or flight mode. What happens when you're in stress mode? We talked about this extensively on this show. What stress really is, the type of physiological um, uh, reactions that take place when you're under stress. The blood is pumped away from the torso and brain because it is not needed there. The fight or flight response of the human body pumps blood away from the brain because you don't need to be in any kind of conceptual or higher order thinking or philosophical thought mode when you're under attack or, or, or you're going to fight, okay? It is also pumped away from the torso because you don't need to uh, have digestion and all the other functions that go on in the torso and the internal organs taking place as much as you need blood making the extremities as hard as possible because if you're going to run away you need the, the muscles in the legs need to be pumped full of blood and need to be made as rigid as possible so that you can use them for running that's the flight mode the fight mode you need blood in the upper extremities if you're going to use your arms and fists to beat off an attacker okay to 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 
fight an attacker and, and beat them away from you if you, they're attacking you. You need to have as much strength in the muscles of the arms, so therefore it, more blood needs to be pumped to the arms to do that. When blood is pumped away from the torso and is pumped away from the brain, if you live chronically in that state, this is a, a modality, a chronic modality of consciousness. If you live in that modality of consciousness, most of the time, you're going to basically create disease within the body because the organs aren't going to be performing their proper function with the necessary blood required to do that and nutrients you know, uh, going to the organs. You're also going to develop an extremely destabilized brain and mind because richly oxygenated blood is not reaching the brain, particularly the higher thought function center of the brain, which is called the neocortex. Okay, Richly oxygenated blood is needed in the neocortex to assist in higher order thought functions and conceptual thinking. In other words, philosophizing, moral reasoning, okay? understanding morality, understanding conceptual notions, abstract thinking. These things are going to be impossible if you live in stress mode. And the more you live in it chronically, the more destabilized the neocortex becomes. And I've shown pictures of this on my site. You can see them in the podcast section. You can see them in the video section, uh, in, the, in section number one, where I talk about the brain and how it functions and how consciousness uh, you know, functions uh, through the physiology of the brain. I should say it doesn't function through it. It is a, uh, a mechanism for its, its functioning, okay? It is what the, what the consciousness uses to, ex, to um, um, experience the things that we do in the physical body. It isn't what the physicality of the brain is not what derives the consciousness. It is the other way around. However, if we're constantly in this fight, flight mode, which is called stress, we develop disease, and we lose our ability to really think critically, and at a higher conceptual level. And this is where dominators want people. They want people in this mode all the time. Therefore, the manipulation of time psychologically is critically important to their agenda. We'll get into that more next week, but where I was going with this is stress. People recognize that this is a problem. But they don't want to deal with the proper remedies to it, which is changing lifestyle and diet, okay? They want to deal with it in the instant gratification mode because that's the, that's the way that we do things in the modern day. We can't actually do any real work. We can't actually use our will and knowledge to change ourselves. God forbid we need a quick pill, a pill for every ill. So this brings us to the, one of the biggest topics of this and one of my favorites. Uh, and I'm saying that sarcastically because this is one of the things I really, really detest more than anything else. And that is the antidepressant category of drugs. These things are some of the most dangerous compounds that anybody can ever put into their body. And if you're listening to me and you're on one of these substances, find out the best way to wean off of it and start to deal with your problems. 
Start to deal with why you're depressed. Start to go into the psyche and know yourself and know the causal factors of depression. And you're not going to be able to do that until you start to understand who you really are and stop being afraid of that little voice that keeps knocking on the door saying, hey, I'm in here. Uh, I've been locked away here for a long time. You want to deal with this problem down here? A, A little attention here? And most people will say, oh, absolutely not. Close that door, put a padlock on it, and give me the pill. Okay? And what this does, this is one of the most, again, the most dangerous traps to get in. And I feel for the people that are in this, and I need to look no further than members of my own family, all hooked on this crap. These SSRIs, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Okay? The SNRIs. All right, the serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. These are the categories of drugs that I, I don't know if I've coined this, but I don't know of anybody else that specifically refers to it to them as this. I've categorized these and, and call them the demon drugs. And you know, this connects back a little bit with the last caller talked about these possible. Um, higher dimensional or lower dimensional entities that may be manipulating things from a spiritual level. It's quite possible. Um, I know dark occultists believe that is uh, what is actually uh, happening for sure Um, and decide to partner with those types of beings. I'm not saying that that is definitely true. I'm just saying that is, you know, what some people's beliefs are about what's going on. I call these the demon drugs because whether they invoke actual demons or the demons are behind this agenda, it is something that is demonic, meaning taking people out of a higher state of awareness and keeping them rooted in a lower one, keeping them rooted in a fear-based modality and a physical-only material-based state of awareness, never getting to higher modalities of thought and consciousness. So the SSRIs, these are antidepressants that work by basically preventing serotonin from being reuptaken into the neural pathways. Um, serotonin, uh, another name for serotonin is 5-hydroxytryptamine or 5-HT. This is a neurotransmitter that is basically responsible to, to boil it down and make it as simple as possible. Uh, this is something that is uh, basically responsible for your normal everyday waking state of consciousness. If you didn't have this, uh, you would not really be able to deal with the physical world that, that we live in. So serotonin is very important. It is necessary to, to live in, in a body and deal with the things around you. However, um, when it is prevented from being reuptaken, okay, which means it is, it, it is being kept in the synaptic clefts, okay, it is being prevented from being re-uptaken. The rest of the season, after the season, I want you to know that a corporation is ceased. Government takeover of the church. All right, we're off of uh, Liberty Radio Live and uh, First Amendment Radio. I just disconnected from them uh, because they're going to go into other programming and you heard their ads start up there. So, uh, continuing on with the discussion, uh, talking about SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Uh, what they do is they basically prevent serotonin from coming out of the, the, uh, the synaptic clefts and being reuptaken into the neural pathways. And what that does is that 
creates a, a general state of well-being because serotonin uh, is, is a substance which, when it is going through the synaptic clefts, creates a sense of well-being. So if you're increasing serotonin levels, you're going to feel uh, euphoric, giddy, etc. Uh, if it's just kept there and kept from being reuptaken, which is why it's called a reuptake inhibitor, um, what will happen is somebody will basically just level off in their ability to experience a full range of emotions because they won't be super happy, but they won't be super sad either. They will just basically be neutral. It is like a, some sort of a zombie-like state of consciousness. And this is what the dominators and the... Uh, you know, people who are advancing the control agenda, one, they don't want people who are in touch with their emotions. Because if you're in touch with your emotions, your emotions are your compass for moral direction in life. It's what's basically telling you in the physiology of the body whether you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing in life. That's what your emotions are for, folks. That's what your emotions are for. Let's make that very clear. Your emotions are, are your moral compass in life. You're meant to feel them. You're meant to feel happy and sad. You're meant to feel good and bad. You're meant to be up and depressed. Okay? Now, I'm not saying there aren't some disorders in people, severe chemical imbalances, and in certain isolated instance, instances, yes, maybe some uh, advances in, in some uh, medical fields through some types of substances may help people with those actual conditions. But, these are things are way over-prescribed, and they're being prescribed for n normal ranges of emotions. You know, they put people on them who, you know, lose a family member or lose a job. This, these are events you need to deal with in life and not take a pill to try to make an emotion be numbed out of your body. Look, I know people in my family, in my immediate family, who have been on these things for like 15, 16 years, and they, they, they are basically could not care less about what's going on in the world. Absolutely unconcerned with anything that's taking place in the world around them. They have basically become completely and totally indifferent. Oh yeah, they care about their own little situation and whether they pay their bills and whether they're comfortable and whether their house is nice. But anything in a wider sense that requires conceptual thinking, if it requires moral thinking, forget about it. Not interested. It's about me and my stuff, and that's it. And if, if freedoms are being taken away and all this immoral stuff is going on, couldn't care less. And I'll tell you what, that they're directly being held in that state of consciousness through these drugs. And that's why I call them the demon drugs. They're taking away people's moral compass for direction. People are letting this being be done to them because they don't want to feel, they don't want to feel bad. I don't want to feel depressed. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to have to do any actual work upon myself. I just want a pill and make it all go away. Well, it doesn't work like that. And if you think it works like that, you're a naive child, okay, to put it as bluntly as I can, all right? Your emotions are there for a reason. They're your moral compass in life. That's what they are. Your moral compass are your emotions, the sacred feminine aspect of consciousness. They're not meant to be rubbed out. They're meant to be felt. We have a caller on the line from Southeast Pennsylvania. Caller from Southeast Pennsylvania, you are on. What on earth is happening? What do you have for us? Caller from Southeast Pennsylvania, are you there? 
Mark, it's Chris. How are you? Chris, how you doing, man? Good to hear from you. Mark, um, this uh, another very interesting topic, uh, which I've had ex- some experience with. Um, first, I'd like to say it reminds me a little bit of, of what the Aldous Huxley talked about in Brave New World with the Soma, where um, you know if you ever have a problem, you just take the Soma, which I think means sleep, and everything That's goes right. away. And that, a gram, a gram is better than a damn, Chris. Yes, you that's know that. Right. That's right. And the other thing, I've had personal experience with these SSRIs. Um, they they put me on Luvox about 20 years ago, and um, it was the only drug that I've ever been on. Only time in my life where I was actually suicidal. Wow. And I, after after I experienced that, you know, for for uh, I guess it was 10 weeks or so, I said to the psychiatrist, I said what the hell are you doing? What, what's this drug all about? And he's, his response to me was, and this, is, this guy was at the University of Pennsylvania. He says to me, oh, well, we don't really know what the, what, what the problem is or which one will work for you. We have to keep trust, testing it out. And then nothing that wow. these drugs do, they, they affect your sexual um, aspects of your life. And that, to me, is, is a key thing of, uh, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Yeah. Oh yeah, and um, and I didn't, you know, I unlike most people, I didn't just ignore these these symptoms, and I got myself off of those things real quick. And I told that psychiatrist to go to go to go pound sand, and um, thank God I did because I still have my my emotions and my you know my my personality. Um, my sister and I'll finish up with this. My sister-in-law is a um, a registered nurse, and I was talking to her over the summer. She had to be talking to her, and she was telling me how sometimes she fills in for the school, the school nurse. Right. And she was telling me how the kids line up in the morning, 30 kids. They line up in the morning to get their meds. And I said, well, what do you mean? I, I, we, we didn't line up when we were in school to get meds. What we did was, you know, if we had a headache, we went to the nurse, they gave us an aspirin, or they sent us home. These oh, my kids God. Giving, giving them medicine. And I said to her, I said, you're a registered, registered nurse. You shouldn't be giving these kids these medicines. Their brains aren't even formed yet. And she just said to me, no, this is what they need. And I said to her, you know, this is a case of the blind leading the blind. Yeah. And, and that's really oh, yeah. I'd like to hear your, your take on it. Oh, but, but, but Chris, she'll insist that she's harming no one. She'll insist that she's not part of a uh, huge um, hierarchical and compartmentalized structure that is actually doing harm to people by design. That, that is an unacceptable thought in her mind. And feel free to go right ahead and take this podcast and give, try, give it right to her. If you still talk to her, because uh, you know, right, right. I'll tell, I'll tell her it's like that to their face, that they're naive, that they're unread and that they have no idea what they're really a part of. None. Zero. Zero. This is another example of what I call negative knowledge. You've heard me use the term on the show. This is a person that not only doesn't understand the truth about what they're doing, but are, have a totally concretized, a calcified position on what, they, the, what the thing that they're doing is. And in order to actually get them back to the level of understanding at all, they would have to break down all of these preconceived notions, which are false, even to get back to square one, to have a blank slate to, to start to understand wh- what it is they really are doing. It's call, I call it negative knowledge. Not only does the person not know anything about the real truth of the situation, but they're, they're uh, totally attached and holding on for dear life to their preconceived notions of what it actually is. 
Yeah, and, and I am, um, you know, the problem is that the people in my family and society, I mean, my sister-in-law is a really good person. She just, she's just ignorant. She doesn't understand. And, like, people in my family say, well, she's a registered nurse. She, she should know it. So, I, I, you know, I ask her about aspartame and those kinds of things. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that, Chris. I said, are you kidding me? And, and, and that's where it ends because I'm seen as the outsider non-expert but a free thinker, and no one pays any attention to me, and there's, not, you know, there's nothing I could do about it. It's very well, frustrating. Well, there is. I mean, I would, I would point her to the research of Dr. Russell Blaylock, who is a, a world-leading, was a world-leading neurosurgeon and knows more about the, the interactions within the human brain than almost anybody. Give her his book uh, called uh, Excitotoxins, The Taste That Kills, or show her uh, his lecture. Put, make a DVD with his lecture on it and say, here, this is from a neuroscientist. If you don't believe me, this guy does, I, does surgeries on the brain. Does I, he forwarded know that, I, I forwarded that to my mom last week. I, she, didn't read, she didn't look at it, but I forwarded it to her. No, th- because they believe their preconceived notions. They don't want to start looking at information with a bl- from a blank slate. They don't want to look at all the research, the tons of research that's been done by independent companies to, to show that, that these artificial sweeteners are um, neurotoxins. You know, when you look at the research that the companies themselves do, all the results come out skewed. And then suddenly the ones that are funded by the people with a vested interest in the company and the bottom line of the company, they come out with the, with the, re, with the um, conclusion that these things are safe and don't cause health problems. But any time, you've got to look at where the funding is coming from. Follow the money. You know, when it's funded by somebody that doesn't have an interest, when, when the experiment and the study is funded by something, somebody that does not have an interest in the, in the outcome, they don't have a monetary stake, uh, the outcome always shows that these things are damaging to the physiology. Always. Yeah, and, and you mentioned a week ago or so that um, there's this new diagnosis for people like me called oppositional defiance disorder. And if this healthcare system continues the way it's going to go, they're going to give people like me, and, and I'm sure most of your listeners, or all of your listeners, in fact, you know, these SSRIs that, that, that take us out of our, our real consciousness, or try to anyway. Well, they'd have to kill me to get it done. Let's okay. let, let's just put it real blunt. You're you're not gonna you're not gonna do that to my body without killing me. Trust me. Trust me is all I have to say about that. You'd have so Mark, to. Kill I'm gonna go. I'm gonna let other callers call in, but thanks so much. No problem, Chris. Take Always care, Mark. A pleasure to hear from you. Good Friday. Good night. I'll see you on Friday. Yes, I will. Absolutely. Take care, man. Chris from Philly, always a pleasure to hear from him on what on earth is happening. All right, we're past the top of the second hour. I'm going to give the call-in number again. Anybody that wants to call in, anything is open game. No taboo topics here, as always. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number is 724-444-7444. The call ID number that you have to punch in after you call that number is 83515. Once again, the call ID number for what on earth is happening, 83515. SSRIs, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, otherwise known as antidepressants. Let's look at some of their names. Oh, what wonderful names they have. Selexa, Lexapro, Luvox, Paxil, Prozac, Zoloft. 
Anybody notice a pattern there? A couple of consonants keep coming up over and over and over again, don't they? Z and X. Z and X. Okay? This is by design. This is not an accident. Okay? These names are specifically chosen. Selexa, Lexapro, Luvox, Paxil, Prozac, Zoloft. Prozac being the number one prescribed one. Fluoxetine, it's called. Because it's derived from, oh, big surprise, fluoride. Wow. There's our old friend. Yeah, see, what these things do is they keep you in a so-called leveled state of emotion, which basically means you can't feel your emotions. They don't want people to be able to enter a heightened state of awareness. They don't want people to be able to even enter the fight or flight mode in, in a good way. See, this is a needed function. When you're in danger, when there is danger, this, you want this part of the brain functioning, the R complex of the brain that, that basically is responsible for the, flight, the fight or flight response in conjunction with the limbic system. The limbic system it, it pumps the chemicals into the body that help us to feel fear when we're in true danger, which is, which is the proper function of it. You're in physical danger, or if there is danger looming on the horizon, you want to know about it. If there's a tornado coming, you don't want to sit there and go, hmm, that's pretty interesting. I'm not really, I'm not worried at all. I'm very level. I'm very, you know, not, not feeling much of anything. That's nice. It's a tornado coming directly this way and, and be like a zombie about it. You would want to go into a mode that says, danger, I better do something if I'm going to protect my physical vehicle, which my consciousness inhabits, okay? You know, uh, that's not the time to not be able to feel any emotions or not be able to feel any fear. Because in that instance, fear is a proper response for something that can totally harm the body or kill you. You want to take preventive measures. You want to take evasive action. And this is the whole argument, like, you know, the other caller called in about the New Age movement. You know, sit back and wait. Just work on yourself. It's all about waiting for a savior. Don't help other people to understand it. Don't talk about the negative. Oh, the ne you're so negative talking about all that negative stuff. No, it isn't negative. It's information. It's awareness. What you do with it is what makes it negative or, or positive. If I tell somebody of oncoming danger, they might be able to take action that prevents them from experiencing the suffering that would happen once that danger strikes and therefore save themselves and their loved ones pain and suffering that they would have, that they would have otherwise experienced. And that's not negative. That's empowerment. Okay? So the New Age movement is a controlled oppositional paradigm that is basically controlled by occultists in the high levels of the uh, dark occult networks of the world. And when I was involved in the occult, I've told this people to friends, people around me, they told me, wait until you see all the new age nonsense and garbage that's going to be coming out over the next many years. We're going to flood the markets with this stuff that's going to be all about meditating your way to enlightenment and world peace. And it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. They, they told me that that was going to be happening, and then it happened. Because when they say that they're going to do something, they do it. They're not talkers. 
You know, they're, it, it, I have talked about this before in a weird way. They're very united. They're very in unison and on the same page. They have achieved a form of dark unity consciousness. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear that. And they, they don't want to look at this side of things. And they don't want to understand that they're manipulating things that they're involved in. Like the healthcare industry. You know, like, uh, you know, uh, medicine and, and um, hospitalization and, you know, just anything that basically affects people's state of health. People want to believe that they're involved in something that's good, regardless of whether they actually are or not. People in the military want to believe the military does good things. People in the police want to believe the police does good things. People in education, oh, how they want to believe that they're doing something good. And I, I'm all for education. We should have some, you know compared to the indoctrination system we actually do have. People in the media want to believe that they're actually informing people. That's a laugh. People in the healthcare industry want to believe that they're healing people. That's a laugh. We're in a collective state of denial over all of these things, folks. And one of the things that will keep you there are the antidepressant class of compounds the demon drugs. Another one, another set is the SNRIs. These are less well-known, um, but these are serotonin noro, norepinephrine. Serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. What, now, this is directly connected with the fight-or-flight uh, mechanism as well. Norepinephrine is a stress hormone. It affects the parts of the brain where attention is controlled, okay? It also affects the brain where response to stimuli is controlled. It underlies the fight-or-flight response. Interesting. Norepinephrine, okay? So here's another thing that they're trying to disconnect us from. What these drugs basically do is make it impossible for us to, one, feel emotions, so we're not feeling the repercussion of our relationships, our interactions with other people, certainly not at any kind of a deep level. And two, they're making the fight-flight response numbed in people. They're dampening the fight-or-flight response mechanism, which is a necessary part of our survival mechanisms in the brain complex. It's there for a reason. It's there so that we can take appropriate actions when we are actually under a dangerous situation or a threat. This is why these drugs are so widely prescribed. They don't want people waking up to the dangers that are around them, and they want them numbed. They want this numbed, basically, a whole set, a whole range of emotions numbed out of them. All right, we have, uh, I'm going to try to go back to Kevin from Philadelphia. Let's see if this goes through. I'm going to try this. Kevin from Philadelphia, are you there? Well, I said that I would try you again, but it looks like we're still having a problem. Uh, hey, I'll turn the chat on in the chat room. So let's try that. There we go. Kev, I saw that you were 
not only in the chat room, but also I called. So if you're there, type something into the chat if that uh, will allow you to do so. You could also uh, Skype me. I think you have my Skype name. So uh, chat over what you were going to talk about because it looks like I still can't uh, get to your phone. Uh, I still can't make you uh, active on the uh, Talk to Live program for some strange reason. But uh, um, Kevin, uh, who does a show, on TalkShoe now called Caution Tinfoil Hat Area. Uh, great. I listened to the first uh, episode and a couple of uh, uh, small segue episodes that he did, and he's going to be doing a show on Friday, his second show, second big show. He interviewed um, Roxy, um, I can't remember her last name, uh, Roxy um, about the chemtrail phenomenon. Um, and she was a great... Um, a great guest for the show. They did kind of a little roundtable discussion there at one point, and it was a really good show. Um, keep it up. Keep up the, the great work, Kevin, if you're listening. And uh, I will be calling in to Tinfoil Hat Area on TalkShoe uh, this Friday from the Free Your Mind Conference fundraiser. Let Kevin know on his show about uh, how the fundraiser is going and how uh, things are generally going for the, uh, the preparation for the conference. So, Kev, if you're listening, try to type something in or Skype something to me, and uh, I'll try to respond on the air. Let's uh, continue to talk about the SNRIs. Okay, so these are the serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. Some of these names are Cymbalta. You've seen... Uh, advertisements for that on television and on radio, no doubt. Another one is Pristique, P-R-I-S-T-I-Q, Pristique. One that uh, I know specific members of my family take is Effexor, E-F-F-E-X-O-R, Effexor. This is um, an S-N-R-I. And these are just as dangerous and just as overprescribed as the SSRIs. I highly recommend people do their own research into these. Um, I highly recommend people really try to understand the components of consciousness, as we talked about on this show, being our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions, and why the emotions act as a bridge between our thoughts and actions. Okay? Just as the limbic brain will act as a bridge between the R complex of the brain, which governs our motor skills, and the higher thought center of the brain uh, called the neocortex. The emotions are the sacred feminine component, which is essentially the most under attack and lacking component of consciousness in the world today. This is what the dominators have to continue to attack, and they're doing a great job of it through the pharmaceutical industry. All of these drugs, all of these so-called solutions to problems are nothing of the sort. They are there to keep our emotional compass broken. They want to keep it spinning. Anything but have it point true north. They want you numbed, indifferent, as they say in 
the, the great sci-fi movie, They Live. They have made us indifferent to ourselves and to others. We are focused only on our own gain. I just re-watched They Live this week with, uh, uh, with uh, Barb and a friend, and it is just a phenomenal movie. It's, uh, it's my favorite sci-fi movie. I think it's one of the best allegories out there. I highly recommend people check it out because it's an allegory for this for the media. It's an allegory for the different types of compounds that they interject into our diet and into our um, body-mind connection to destabilize it, to turn that signal on and to keep people under that spell of getting them to see things that are basically the exact opposite of what they really are. No discernment and no ability to feel. That's what the ultimate goal of this is, and that's what drugs are ultimately all about. It's turning off sense perception, which we should be honing, we should be refining, we should be using as the God-given gifts and tools that they are, our emotions and our perceptions, to understand truth, to know ourselves and what's going on within us as an expression of our consciousness, one of the expressions of it. All right, we have another caller on the line. Caller, you are on live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us? Can Can you hear me now, Mark? I can, but it's very distorted. It's like you're underwater, that digital uh, distortion type of effect. But go ahead. Okay. Um... I don't. I, I just, just want to mention, mention that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. go. No, Kev, you're you're all right. Go ahead. I'll, I'll deal with it. Can, can you still, still hear me? me? Can yeah, you still, still hear me? me? It, it, again, it's that digital delay distortion effect, but I'm willing to put up with it. It's fine. The information is what is important. Go right ahead. Okay. okay. I, I just want, want to confirm what you were saying. As one of your listeners, because I have been what, where you're talking about before also. Uh, many years ago, like about a year or two before I actually met you in the first place, I was working retail, and as weird as it sounds, I'd seen the movie Idiocracy, and they referenced these things like giant trash avalanches. And because I was working retail, and I recognized that all of the things that I was selling would eventually wind up in this giant trash avalanche that I was pretty much contributing to, it made me outright depressed. And my wife then suggested that I go on to um, an SSRI along with the people that, uh, the, the, the doctors that we were seeing. And it put me through a very interesting course to start out with, but once like, like where I actually was feeling better about everything, all my yards, but then I started to notice it was all very kind of fake feeling, and it wasn't very helpful in the long run. It just because I started to get used to it, and then all of a sudden they went up my dosage, and before I knew it, they were I was at like double what I had started with, and it's just not a healthy thing in my opinion. Getting off of it, there were many suicidal thoughts, but once you get past it, after about two, three weeks, maybe a month of being off of it, your brain chemicals do start to get back to normal, and they sell. Tim, I, I want to. 
I want to stop you there for one moment to mention something that's extremely important. If you're listening to this, please, if you're on one of these things, do not try to go cold turkey off of these. It's very dangerous to do that. You, you need to really do the research and, and consult somebody that knows what they're talking about when it comes to the particular drug that you're taking, how to wean off of it. Because if you try to go cold turkey, this is one of the most common side effects or actual reactions that takes place is extremely suicidal tendencies. That, these things are dangerous compounds to mess with, to even get on in the first place. Coming off of them can be even more dangerous than going on them. You really, really want to be knowledgeable about how to wean off of these things properly. If you're going to do that, do your homework, do your research, consult somebody that really knows what they're talking about when it comes to these, okay? And um, if you're going to help somebody to wean off of it, make sure you know what you're talking about and get them to do the research and get them to consult somebody that really knows. I mean, giving people advice about this can kill somebody if you don't do it the right way. In no way, you know, that's very important. It's a very important caveat and disclaimer I want to make here. I'm not telling anybody drop doing these immediately if you're on them. You have to wean from I, these things. Go ahead. I completely agree. I completely agree. As a matter of fact, it was the first time that I kind of did not wean myself off of it and had those problems. And then I was actually uh, given the chance to get back on them, and I foolishly took it. And then was able to wean myself off of them afterwards the second time. But during the first time, I will say that one of the things when I had done so, and did do it cold turkey. My wife knew that I was going to be going through these things ahead of time and was there for me in a way that many people might not have that sort of backup. And on top of that, there was also a thing called 5-HTP that you were talking about earlier, a tryptophan derivative that I was taking as a supplement in order to help rebalance myself. Uh, again, you're absolutely right about your disclaimer. It is a totally, possibly disastrous set of events that you could set yourself up for. One minor little thing could set your day off in such a fashion that you want to almost kill yourself by the time you're done. But again, the whole point is to get, when you do finally get off of it, things will rebalance and you will find a, a new peace of mind that at least in the fact that the pain you're going through of, of living in a, of trying to be well-adjusted in a profoundly sick society, as Orwell put it, is something that's natural. You're supposed to feel pain trying to go through a process that, like that. It's not good for you, and you're not supposed to be going through it in this type of society. Like it's, it, we, we need to start changing society and making it work for us rather than making us work for it. That is absolutely where things right. Need to be going at the moment. Absolutely, and you are a living example of someone that has uh, gotten off of one of these um, traps, gotten out of one of these traps of these uh, antidepressants. I, I wish uh, you know some people in my family would take that as a. Uh, an example and as a, an inspiration to, to uh, you know, basically begin to find the will to wean off of some of these things that they don't need. You, they do not need these. They are not uh, critically, chemically imbalanced, uh, you know, in an irretrievable way. 
they want to stay on these because they like having their emotions numbed out. They don't want to feel everyday uh, awareness and consciousness and the emotions that go along with uh, living in such a world. And that's why they're basically in, uh, ineffective and you know have not really uh, joined the, the battle, so to speak. They haven't joined uh, the war, the ranks of the info war. Uh, they haven't uh, really worked on their own consciousness as a result because these things basically make you not want to do much of anything except uh, go along to get along. It's it's uh, herd, sure, exactly right. herd mentality training is what these pills are for. Uh, all I can Kevin, say is at least, at least the, the pain, pain is real. Even, even if it's suffering that you're going, going through, at least it's real. Don't take a false illusion pill for the rest of your life. Do yourself that favor. That Again, listen to Mark's disclaimer, but that's all I wanted to add to your show is like, at least the pain is real. Kevin, thanks so much. Don't fall for the illusion. The great points you brought up, and uh, I want to say... Uh, once again, uh, great job on uh, beginning your show. Uh, it's every Friday night on Talk Show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, plug, yes. plug it. Go right ahead. Friday right. at 8. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, Friday, Friday at 8. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, I apologize. Friday at 10 Eastern, 10 to midnight Eastern time. 10 to midnight Eastern time. And it's caution tinfoil hat area. And this week's going to be uh, actually where in truth does one start. And I'll be hosting it with uh, co-hosting it with Martin Truther. If you've seen him on Facebook, he's awesome. very much like me, but he's kind of on the east or on the west coast. And um, all I'd like to do is, if you don't mind, real quick, I'd like to ask if you could give me a ring when you're done on Skype. When sure. you're done your show, I appreciate it all. You got, you got it, man. And I'll be calling in on Friday uh, to uh, give a report yes, from the Free Your Mind the fundraiser, the Free Your Mind Conference fundraiser at Liberties. Yes. Uh, great job starting up the show. Everyone, check out uh, Caution Tinfoil Hat Area on Talk Show every every Friday evening at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So, Kev, thanks so much. You always bring up great points. You have a good night, and I'll talk to you after the show. Thank, Thank you, Mark. Mark. Thanks, thanks again. again. You take care, man. Awesome. All right. So. A little bit of audio difficulty, but no problem. It's the information that's important, but I'll tell you what, that provides a, a great segue because that was kind of psychedelic sounding, and let's talk about psychedelics. Let's get into something that hardly anybody wants to get into, uh, to talk about, to put on the table. Let's talk about entheogenic compounds and psychedelics, Okay. Why are these substances that have been traditionally used as medicines in a proper, sacred, spiritual, and ceremonial context over thousands of years have been employed by indigenous tribal cultures all over the world? Why are they so demonized to the point of being made a Schedule One compound? Well, part of this is the LSD fiasco that went on in the 1960s, which if you really look deep into, uh, parts of um, the element, elements that were pushing LSD into the culture in the 60s were people who were involved in mind control projects like MKUltra, Monarch, and other uh, deep covert black projects that dealt with the control of human consciousness. 
it's a very deep area of exploration to start exploring because it opens up a big can of worms as to other institutes and think tanks like the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, like the Roundtable Think Tank Institutions operating throughout the world, intelligence agencies like the CIA doing research in these fields of direct mind control through drugs, through substances. LSD was one that they clearly, demonstrably used to try to control the human mind in, re in experiments predating the 60s, actually. But the powers that be also realized that this substance had the potential to really open up people's consciousness if they took it in the proper mental set meaning the mindset in which it was taken and the reason it was taken for. See, that's what these substances, when you start to talk about them, clearly someone like myself who is advocating total health, eating good foods, eating organic substances, you can't start to think, well, now he's talking about just go and do as many drugs as you want randomly. I'm talking about on this show not getting involved in certain prescription drugs. These aren't drugs, so to speak. These are consciousnesses in and of themselves that are communed with. And we talked about that a little last week. They are communed with. The word communion means to build together. Okay, to create together. That's what communion means when we break it down into its constituent Latin elements come together or with and munio munere, which means to build. These substances are communions with consciousnesses that actually are indwelling. They are within us. They are within the unified field of consciousness. As the first caller of the show talked about, an architecture of consciousness, a field of consciousness that we are one with. These substances help us to commune with that field and to explore it and to understand it better. And they put us into an altered state of consciousness, an, uh, uh, an alternative awareness for a time. And then they drop us back down to our level of awareness in general, having learned something if we paid attention while in the throes of the psychedelic encounter or experience. And then we can bring some of that information back down and employ it in our world. This is, has been the traditional role of shamans throughout centuries and centuries of the human past to enter altered states of consciousness, explore that realm and bring information back with them into this dimension of being and mind that can be beneficial to the community. A shaman is, is known as one who can see in the dark. In the darkness of the world, the shaman is one who has become capable of seeing. And that's no small task. That involves looking deeply at the self and not flinching. That involves going into these states of awareness without fear, 
and for the right reasons. Again, this is all about proper context. I usually talk about this in my solutions section. But what I want to basically bring up tonight is why these things are so demonized, why people are unwilling to even look at these in any kind of a, uh, a context of expanding consciousness and awareness. There's many different reasons you could do a substance. You could take a substance or commune with a substance, take it into your body, and, and let it modify your consciousness. But why do people drink? You know, a lot of people drink for escapism. A lot of people take street drugs for escapism and thrills, you know, and just ignoring one's responsibilities. Well, some people take psychedelics for that reason. And I don't advocate that. I think that's, one, irresponsible. Two, could be dangerous because, you know, you play with these things, you'll get stung. Now, now, trust me on that. Or don't trust me and find out. Try to take them in some kind of a frivolous or, you know, you, you, you might get away with a first time or two, maybe. <laughs> not that much, not that far beyond that for anybody who knows what I'm talking about. Enjoy if you slip by with a joyride the first time taking it in a, in a state of, you know, frivolous consciousness, let's say. Because continue to try to do that, and you will get stung by the class of uh, consciousnesses, let's say. I don't, I, I'm hesitant to even call them substances, okay? You'll get stung by these consciousnesses hard in some instances if you play around with them. The way that I'm talking about communing with these states of consciousness is in a proper context, which means for the right reasons. Are you communing with these because you want to elevate your state of awareness, because you want to help improve yourself and thereby help improve the state of the world? Well, that's the proper context to go into this. And yes, there is a proper context. People want to say there's no proper context for psychedelics. It's however you want to use them. Nonsense. Nonsense. These things are here for a reason. Okay? They're here for a reason. They're not here accidentally, by chance, just by, you know, random, randomness. They're on the earth for a reason in this garden that we live in that has basically become almost like a hell. And if we're, we're not careful, if we don't become discerning rather quickly, it is going to be a hell on earth. These things are the connection to nature that we've lost. And if we commune with them in the proper context, we can reestablish that deeper connection. Now, what are some of these compounds? Well, let's look at the word psychedelics, first of all. You know, psychedelics, people hear that and, you know, they have this immediate mind control reaction. Oh, dangerous, shouldn't be messing with them. Uh, you know, you'll, fly, you'll uh, fall out of a window thinking you can fly. It has a connotation to it. But when we break down the word, and again, the occult is all about words and the manipulation of words, all about the manipulation of the perception of what words mean, particularly when we break down the word psychedelic into its constituent elements, which are derived from Greek 
okay? Psyche in Greek, where we get the word psychic from, means mind. And dalun means to make clear. To make the mind clear. To make it easier to see that which really is. Okay? It's about vision. It's about clarity of vision. Now, don't get me wrong, these things, uh, you know, physically will not give you better clarity of vision in many cases. And many people will say, yes, they will. And it, it actually, on lower dosages, some of them do increase the visual acuity. That's not true, what I just said. They, they provide visual distortions, certainly, and full-blown hallucinations if enough are taken, if a high enough dosage is taken. But ultimately, the vision that's being spoken of here is the spiritual vision, the third eye vision, the third eye sight, okay? To make the mind's eye clear, psychedelics, psychedelun. Psyche, meaning mind in Greek, delun, the verb, to make clear. Making the mind's eye clear the vision of spirit, clearer. These are called entheogens by some people. This is the term that to go away from the negative connotations of the word psychedelic, many people have begun calling them entheogens, which is a term that was deliberately uh, created, again, to avoid the negative connotations of psychedelic. Entheogen is comprised from three Greek roots. The word entheogen. En means in or within. Theos and theo, okay? Theo, theos means divine. Theos is God in Greek. The, the divine. The third root is gen, okay, which comes from the verb, uh, I believe it is Latin, genere. Genere means to create or to generate. And again, uh, we talk about some symbolism briefly, the G in the middle of the compasses and square of Freemasonry. Uh, this ultimate thing that this represents is the generative principle, and that's the principle of care. The generative principle is the thing that actually creates our reality. It is the one overarching principles, principle in which all of the other hermetic principles are therein contained. So it is the most important thing to develop, along with will and intelligence, but care is the thing that holds it all together. The reason that we're in the experiences that, that we are is because most people don't care. When people say, oh, yeah, I recognize some of the things that are happening and I don't care. I, I get that from members of my own family. And I keep going back to that for a reason. There's a specific reason I keep highlighting that. I want people to understand the people that are really enslaving us are not the people in these high-level positions of power. They're not the dark occultists at the highest levels. They're not the secret society members. They're our own families. You want to look at our enslavers? First of all, look in the mirror. There's the first and foremost enslaver of, of the human 
family, and then just look at the people around you. There's the enslavers of the human species, folks, right there. The manifestation of them is in, uh, of that not caring, not developing the will, not developing intelligence, not paying attention. The manifestation of all of that, that internal imbalance is the global elite and the secret society networks and the dark occultists. They're just a manifestation of that on a higher level. We do the work to change ourselves. These people can't do what they do. A small group of psychopaths that accounts for less than 3 4% of the population cannot do what they do without our compliance. The end. The end. And it's all about mind control. That's how they continue to get people to ignore dealing with themselves, their own issues, their, the problems of their own psyche, their own addictions, their own you know, uh, negative patterns of behavior, etc., etc. All the negative things that they do to other people that they don't have the moral right to do. Just ignore all that. Take a pill. Shut up. Watch television. Take this pill. Yeah, eat, eat your eat your Twinkies. Eat your uh, drink drink your soda. Go to, you know eat your powdered donuts and uh, watch American Idol, uh, which will make Americans idle, meaning inactive. You know, watch your sports. Drink your aspartame laden cola. Drink some alcohol and take your antidepressants. And you think the world is going to change for the better? Enjoy. Enjoy what you got is as good as it's going to get, and ultimately you're the creator of that experience. But this goes back to the verb genere, which started that tangent, and it means to create. It is the generative principle. So the word entheogen, to bring it back to psychedelics and entheogenic compounds, en within theos, divine, and genere, create. It means to create the divine within, to generate the connection to divinity or to the source within oneself. This, these, this class of consciousness-altering substances known as entheogens or psychedelics can foster this connection, can assist in making that connection. Then dwells within us. These are states we can reach in other ways. We can reach them through intense meditation. We can reach them through uh, rhythmic drumming and dance. And, uh, you know, we can even reach them uh, in computer simulations. You know, you, you put a virtual reality headset, you can go into an altered state of consciousness for sure. But this is a direct path through the natural world. A means of doing it and I think it's a valid one I myself have communed with some of these intelligences these consciousnesses if you will and they've helped me tremendously and again always done in a correct context in wanting to improve oneself that's the key in a proper context again these are not things to mess with but if you don't want to take my word for that, try to mess with them and enjoy what you get. <laughs> you definitely won't. But um, And that's why a lot of people you know, demonize them and stay away from them. It's fear. They know these are powerful, um, thought-changing. They're paradigm-shifting helpers. That's what they are. They help us to see the folly of our ways. They make us laugh about how ridiculous we are. 
They'll make us cry about it sometimes, too. Um, they make you deal with your own crap. Uh, let, let's, let's cut right to the chase. You're not going to you know, get away with much in the presence of these consciousnesses. Let, let's put it that way. They are there to make you deal with your blemishes and inconsistencies and rough edges and to bring them extremely to your attention so that you turn your gaze toward those aspects of the self and work upon them to smooth them out. Some of them, let's, uh, let's talk about another word for them. We talked about communion as being what these things really are. These are active sacraments, not inert ones, as the uh, religions of the world want to foster off. And uh, Chris, when he called in, mentioned one that was used in the Eleusinian mysteries uh, of Eleusis, off of Greece. Uh, Eleusinian, E L U. S I S I N I A N Eleusinian mysteries the Eleusinian mysteries the mysteries of Eleusis look uh, look that up look at what the Greek ministry tradition was about uh, the Hermetic tradition look at what their active sacrament was it was something called soma. This is not a connection to the Soma of Brave New World fame, which was basically like an antidepressant compound. Soma of Eleusis was a drink that people took to commune with another state of consciousness to get into touch with the mystery school tradition of the, Greek, the ancient Greek time period. Soma, many people have speculated, was derived from a form of psychedelic mushroom. Some people have said it was the Amanita muscaria mushroom. Some people have claimed that it was the psilocybin variety of mushrooms. I don't know for sure, but I do know it was a psychedelic compound that altered the consciousness of the initiate so that they would have to begin to go down a deeper path of initiation of really dealing with their own stuff, so to speak, dealing with the things that are nested way down into our subconscious. But this brings us to the breakdown of another word, which is sacrament. You know, we look at Holy Communion in the Christian tradition as a sacrament. It's one of these inert sacraments just made with unleavened bread, bread with, made without any yeast, flattened bread, it's inert. It doesn't do anything to change the consciousness. You have to believe in it. Well, take a couple of grams of psilocybin mushrooms and uh, tell me whether you need to believe in it. <laughs> you don't need to believe in an active sacrament for it to work upon your consciousness. It's going to work whether you believe in it or not. And it is a direct route to a altered state of awareness in which you know you can 
do some work upon yourself. You can choose not to, too. The experience will probably be much more unpleasant because these are things that try to nudge us in the right direction, so to speak. They can be gentle nudges or, you know, in the case of something like Iboga, they can be harsh nudges or outright pushes. <laughs> um, and uh, these things can help with addictive tendencies. They can help pull us out of ego-identified states of identification. They can pull us out of um, materialistic identification. There's so many uses for these. Um, the psychological community needs to really start researching these things. And it's made very difficult because these are scheduled compounds, made illegal. Look at the word sacrament briefly. As I've said, these are active sacraments, not inert ones, not dead ones. They're live sacraments. The word sacrament comes from Latin. Sacrum means holy or sacred. Okay, sacra, sacred. And mente, which means mind. Again, it's very similar to psychedelic. To make the mind clear or to improve the mind, sacrum, mente, sacrament means to make the mind holy. Okay? So, this is, um, this is the proper usage for them. They have to be used in the right set or mindset and the right setting, which is the external environment that we use them in. We want to use these things in a reasonably controlled environment, controlled conditions in the physical environment because, you know, it's called a trip for a reason when people use these, when people commune with these. I want you to refrain from even using the word use or do. We're communing with these things, with these beings, these forms of consciousness. You know, that's what they are. If you really understand entheogens and psychedelics, you want to understand these are forms of consciousness, Okay, and they exist in nature, and we're communing with that spirit that is within nature to improve ourselves. It's helping us to get in touch with that unified field that we're all a part of. So um, that's what an active sacrament is. Just very briefly, because we're almost running out of time here, cannabis is one of them. Again, one of the reasons it's so highly demonized, okay, contains the active ingredient tetrahydrocannabinol, which is THC. Magic, so-called magic mushrooms. These are the sacred mushroom, the psilocybe cubensis, the, the psilocybe mexicana, etc. You can go on and on about the different varieties of psilocybin-containing mushrooms. There's the Amanita muscardi variety of mushrooms. There is uh, ayahuasca which is a uh, very interesting combination of, uh, of plants that uh, DMT is an active ingredient in, in dimethyltryptamine. We can continue talking about this next week a little bit. But um, basically, I'll close the show. I open the show with a quote from uh, Thomas Jefferson, and I'll close the show with a quote from the great Terence McKenna. Terence McKenna said, if the words life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness don't include the right to experiment with your own consciousness, then the Declaration of Independence wasn't worth the hemp it was written on. Think about it, folks. We'll, we'll continue with this discussion a little bit next week, and then we'll get into the illusion of time as the next methodology of mind control. 
Um, we've been talking about food and medicine on the last few shows. Again, I'll wrap that up next week, and then we'll get into the next topic. But I want to uh, continue a little bit uh, to talk about psychedelics next week and um, uh, to specifically um, talk about the proper context in which to use these and specifically talk about some, some specific psychedelics and some of the effects that they create. So we'll do that in the first part of the show next week, and then we'll get into uh, the, the next topic of discussion in our ongoing exploration of the methods of mind control. That's all for tonight, folks. Thanks to all the great callers, as always. Thanks to all the listeners. You've been listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Revolution Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Check out my website at whatonearthishappening.com. See you right here next week, folks. Good night.